Welcome to an inspirational Sunday message from Found Church. We hope you will be challenged and encouraged while listening to this message. For more information, or if you'd like to contact us, please visit our church website, foundchurch.co.uk, or you can also find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Right? going to be good. It's going to be good. So, do you know, if those of you that follow us on social media will probably know that, uh, well, follow Stephen on social media. I'm not very social media sherry, but you'll probably know that Stephen does a lot of the cooking in our house, which I'm really actually very grateful for, but I do actually like to cook. However, when I'm cooking for visitors, I tend to get really nervous. Is anybody else like that? get a wee bit kind of nervous about it. Um, So if we are having visitors and I'm the one that's doing the cooking, I will always turn to a tried and tested recipe. You know the ones ones that you've made hundreds of times before, something that you're really confident is going to work out, it's going to taste good, it's going to impress... You know, maybe other people have had it and they've given you like really good feedback about it. And I'm sure I'm not the only one that does that. You see, there is security, isn't there, in the tried and tested. It's reliable, it's successful, it brings us confidence, it brings us assurance, it's a trustworthy thing. And you know, my granny, she was really, really awesome at baking and her clouty dumpling were just amazing. They were just a real kind of New Year and birthday tradition in my family. And, you know, the end slice, there's nothing like it. The end slice and a mug of tea, just awesome. However, no one in the family had the foresight to ask my granny, you know, granny, go and show us how you do that before it was too late. We all had this kind of mythical thing about granny's secret recipe. And, you know, we never thought to say, you really need to share this with us. So now my dad has spent years, and I mean years, trying out different recipes and different methods, but none have matched the excellence of my granny's tried and tested recipe. None have been as effective or as reliable. And you know, recently we went to book a family holiday and we went to the travel agents. Yes, I am that old-fashioned. I still like a travel agent. And the girl helping us when we had found a place that we quite liked and a hotel that we quite liked, she went straight to TripAdvisor and she showed us the poorest review first. And I thought, wow, you're trying to sell us this holiday. But she knew that reviews have power and influence, don't they? They can influence a company's reputation, the consumer's perception of a product. Good reviews can help potential customers build trust, make them feel comfortable knowing that others have had a positive experience. And there's loads of us here that will inform our decisions based on reading reviews. We like the assurance of the tried and tested I particularly like customer reviews that comes with a photograph. You know, that nice dress that I've got my eye on and it looks fabulous on the model, but then someone posts a picture of what they actually got and it looks nothing like the thing on the model. So you click away, thankful that you didn't make the same mistake ordering it. So tried and tested. It's effective, it's reliable, trustworthy, dependable, brings assurance and confidence, and these are all great things. But you know, the words tried and tested can also have different connotations, can't they? They can make about times when we're feeling tried and tested. Times of trials. 
Um, you know, we can all identify with this, whether it's just moments in the day where we're just feeling that our patience is being a little bit tried, or whether it's longer seasons in our life where we're just battling against trial after trial. You know, maybe we're just feeling that our faith is being put to the test. Some of these situations are really beyond our control, and we wonder why they're happening to us, and why are they all coming at the one time? You know, someone once said that we're either at the beginning of a storm, we're in the middle of one, or we're just coming out of one. So some of us here might even feel that we're experiencing a hurricane, a tsunami, and a tornado all at the one time. Well, today I want to come and I want to give you assurance. I want to bring hope. You know, maybe that you're feeling a little bit tried and tested, but you can rely on a God whose ways are proven, whose ways are tried and tested. You know, he's fully dependable. His track record of faithfulness and success is second to none. He has no record of failure. There is nothing that he has said that has ever failed. He always keeps his promises. So I know that we can trust him today regardless of what we're facing in our lives. We can trust that he will guide and protect us in our trials. And if you have any doubts about this today, then like any good consumer, well, we can look at the reviews, can't we? Because not only, you know, the Bible just has so many passages which assure us of God's faithfulness. You know, we can turn to 2 Thessalonians 3, verse 3, that says, But the Lord is faithful, and he will strengthen you and protect you from the evil one. Lamentations chapter 3, verses 22 to 23. Because of the Lord's great love, we are not consumed, for his compassions never fail. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. Psalm 36, verse 5 says, your, Lord, your love, Lord, reaches to the heavens, your faithfulness to the skies. And 1 John chapter 1, verse 9 says, If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just and will forgive our sins and purify us from all righteousness. And I could go on and on, listing verse after verse. But you know, the Bible's also full of stories where we see those very promises lived out in people's lives. You know, we can look at Joseph, Moses, Elijah, Sarah, Paul, Mary, and again, the list can go on and on. But you might say, Elizabeth, that, that was, you know, back in biblical times. You know, times have really changed. But then I also take encouragement from heroes of the faith like Corrie ten Boom, who despite concentra facing concentration camps and the horrors of war, had courage, she had faith, and she had remarkable forgiveness because she knew and loved Jesus. You know, Horatio Spafford, who experienced so many challenges, he lost all his fortunes, the death of a son, soon followed by the tragic loss of his wife and daughters. But, you know, still he trusted God enough to pen the words of that beautiful hymn, It is well with my soul. But again, you might say, they're extraordinary people, Elizabeth. You know, how does that really compare to me and my everyday life here? Well, do you know, I know that the testimonies of people that I meet every day who share with me what God is doing in their lives encourages me and it gives me hope and assurance. And, you know, that's why I love our MySpace interviews over the summer. You know, just hearing how God is working in the everyday lives of everyday people here and now. So today, I wanted to share some lessons of the tried and tested ways of God that has helped and sustained so many others so that today, we might too be encouraged. You know, Romans 15 verse 4 says, For everything that was written in the past was written to teach us. 
so that through the endurance taught in the scriptures and the encouragement they provide, we might have hope. And as I said earlier, there are so many examples that I could have chosen for today, but when I was planning today, I really felt that God directed me towards the book of Job. And things like that really make me smile because, you know, God knows that the book of Job is something that I tend to really skim over because if I'm being really honest, you know, it can be quite challenging, quite hard reading. It's got very poetic language and, dare I say, bits of it can be quite depressing. And after all, Job just encountered so much suffering, one thing after another. But, you know, I think God was saying, Elizabeth, don't skim, learn. So, you know, here's what I've learned from Job. You know, Job really had faith despite circumstances, and I think that's what we really need to take from it today. You know, if it worked for Job then, then it can work for us now. He's the same God now as he was then. And just to quickly sum up Job's story, Job was a very blessed man. He loved God very much. He was faithful to follow his commands. But Satan approaches God himself, and he basically asks God if he could put Job to the test. And God was speaking really well of Job and how faithful Job was to him. But Satan boasted that the only reason Job was faithful to God was because God had given given him everything he could ever want. He had family, wealth, land, you name it. So God allows Satan to take all of those things away from Job in order to see if Job would still be faithful to God. So in the space of just one day, Job loses absolutely everything, including his family, and he even becomes infected with leprosy. And you know, he's in terrible agony, both physically and emotionally, but despite all of that, Job remains faithful to God. And a lot of the story goes on, and it's a conversation between Job and his friends, and his friends give him advice on what to do, but some of that is actually really bad advice. It's not very good. And you know, I I believe that his friends were kind of well-meaning in what they were doing, but they just really had the wrong perception of who God actually is. But Job finally gives in and he begins to curse God and becomes increasingly angry with him for ever allowing him, who he, you know, he was described as a righteous man, to suffer like that. And ultimately, God does not answer why he allowed Job to suffer. God tells Job that God is God and that Job is not God and that Job could never understand God's ways or his reasons for doing things. So Job finally repents, and he decides to trust God even while he's suffering. But because of his trust, God blesses Job way more than he was blessed at the beginning of the story. God restores Job's wealth, his family, his land, and blesses him for his faith in God. And you know, there are some key lessons that I think we can learn from Job today. Job's testimony is about trusting God even in suffering. You know, God knows the pain that we go through and he never leaves us there forever. He's ready to rescue us when we trust him, you know, even when it's hard to trust him. The book of Job opens in verse 1 by telling us that Job was a blameless, upright man who feared God and turned away from evil. Then his life completely unraveled. But Job's suffering did not come because he was bad or he had done anything wrong, but rather because of his unwavering faithfulness to God. The truth is, you know, when we choose to follow Jesus, that doesn't mean to say that we will have a life free from adversity or trials. Life is not a bed of roses, unfortunately, and bad things do happen to good people. But one of the greatest statements of faith 
I think, can be found right in the middle of the book of Job. And in Job 13, verse 15, Job says, Though he slay me, yet will I hope in him. The truth is, no one and nothing can steal our joy and our peace when our hope is in God. People and circumstances will certainly try, but we must never lose our hope in God. He is working, even if we doubt it sometimes. You know, Job's friends kind of put him on the defense, and Job said of his three friends, you are miserable comforters, all of you. But Job goes on to proclaim where his deep strength flows from. In Job 19, verses 25 to 27, it says, For I know that my Redeemer lives, and that in the end he will stand on the earth. And after my skin has been destroyed, yet in my flesh I shall see God. I myself will see him with my very own eyes, I and not another, how my heart yearns within me. You see, one day we will see Jesus with our very own eyes. We know that he is alive today and forevermore. And because he lives, we can face tomorrow. And you know, we don't just face tomorrow, but we have victory over tomorrow, regardless of what it holds. You see, people around us might fail us or cause us to doubt or fear, but God never eh, lets us down. So we must never lose our hope. You see, my tried and tested recipes that I was telling you about at the beginning, well, they've only failed a few times, and they've only failed where there's been human interference. The most spectacular fail was when we'd invited the Landrums for lunch. So there's quite a lot of them, and that was all fine. It was all taken care of. And I make a dish called fake pie, and it's really just a posh stew made in a slow cooker with pastry cooked separately. But Charlotte says, Mum, that's not real steak pie, so it's been given the name of fake pie in our house. Well, it was all prepared. The stew was in the slow cooker. It was going to be ready for us coming back from church made it a hundred times before, it's always been good. But in my eagerness to be prepared for visitors, like I tell you, I get a wee bit anxious, a wee bit nervous when I've got visitors coming. I was given the kitchen worktops one last clean over. They didn't really need a clean, but I thought I'll just give them an extra clean. And in cleaning, I kind of moved the slow cooker and I didn't realise that by doing that, I'd kind of pulled the plug a little bit from the socket. Yeah, I know. Oh. So, off we popped to church, returned home, ready to welcome our guests. And I thought, that's a wee bit odd. I can't smell cooking. And yep, there it was, all in the slow cooker, uncooked. And they're arriving. Bit of panic set in. But don't worry, plan B was found. The landrums were fed. But it wasn't quite the meal or the first impression that we wanted them to have. But, pardon? A tasty good on Monday. Every cloud. <laughs> But you see, if you can see that, even well-meaning, I didn't deliberately want to sabotage that tried and tested recipe, but even well-meaning people can cause us to doubt or to waver. But you know, we have to stand firm on the promises of God. You know, we have to read our Bible, we have to pray, coming to church, worshipping, even when we don't feel like it. In fact, I would say particularly when we don't feel like it helps us to keep our eyes fixed on Jesus. It helps us to trust him and to stay close to him. You know, Job wrestled and wrestled with God's silence in the midst of his suffering. There were multiple times that he asked the question, why? And he continually asked for the opportunity to defend his case before God. But Job was suffering physically, emotionally, spiritually. 
And in Job 30, uh, 23, verses 10 to 12, Job said, But he knows the way that I take. When he has tried me, I shall come forth as gold. My feet have closely followed his steps. I have kept his ways without turning aside. I have not departed from the commands of his lips. I have treasured the words of his mouth more than my daily bread. You see, Job maybe didn't understand what was happening to him and the why behind it, but he knew that God is always good always loving and always trustworthy. And even when we can't work out the reasons for our situations or when we think God is being silent, his presence is with us. He is in control. He cares about what we are experiencing. We often sing those lyrics, don't we? Even when we don't see it, you are working. And sometimes it's only with hindsight, when we look back at times where we thought God was being silent, that he was actually speaking and working clearly in our midst. We just didn't recognize it at the time. He was good then in our past situations, and he's still good now. He will not fail us. And you know, I just loved what Leanne spoke this morning. It's as if the Holy Spirit was working, right? Um, And that's exactly right. Sometimes we have to look back and we have to take encouragement from those times in the past to carry us into the future. You know, another thing I learned from Job is that humility is key. Pride can really interfere with us following God's ways. And when pride interferes, it can cloud our vision. And before we know it, we're on the wrong path. And well, we all know that that path never ends well, does it? Job 28 verse 28 says, The fear of the Lord, well, that is wisdom. And to shun evil is understanding. Job reminded me that the Lord is our good shepherd and he never leaves our side. He walks with us whether we're on a mountaintop, whether we're in a valley or everything in between. He restores our soul when we are weary. He leads us to the path of righteousness when we've lost our way. He gives us courage when we're scared and he comforts us when we're hurting. You know, Psalm 23 really spells all of that out for us. Our God is the God of the storm. We do not and we should not be afraid because God is in control. God is the creator of the universe. He is mighty and powerful. We can trust him with our whole lives. You know, we see in in Job chapter 1 that nothing came into the life of Job which did not first go through the hands of a loving God. Every page in the Bible points to a sovereign God. From the creation account in Genesis to the return of Christ in Revelation, our God is in complete control at every single point. So why then do we ever doubt him? Another thing that I can see from the story of Job, and I really do empathize with it or I can relate to it, is that sometimes during really challenging situations in the eye of the storm, well, that's when we're most tempted to make the wrong choices, to do the wrong thing, to say the wrong thing. You know, it's a place where we can easily be tempted to sin. But do you know, God accepts a humble and a repentant heart. In chapter 42, we see Job surrender to God and repent. Job recognized that God is the creator and he is just the creation. And in verse 42, verse 6, it says, Therefore, I despise myself and I repent in dust and ashes. But you know, God's grace to us is endless. And I don't know about you, but that's something I am eternally thankful for. When we look at Job's friends, well, they reminded me that who we let speak into our situations and who we listen to and whose advice we followed, well, that must be carefully filtered. I mean, I don't know that his friends meant to be unsupportive and give poor advice. 
they really just didn't understand who God was and maybe that was because of their own disappointments or what they had been taught or maybe they were just got a bit frustrated with Job. You know, we're all human, it happens. But you know, we must be cautious both in what we listen to and also in what we say and do to others in the eye of their storm. Is it really God's truth? Is it God's view? Or is it our own opinion? Is it helpful? Do we really understand the situation fully? Is it given in love? Should we pray about it before we offer it? And you know, we don't need to take advice and opinions from anyone and everyone. They can tell us it, they can share us it, but we can choose whether it's something we let penetrate our hearts and minds or whether we can leave it there. So choose carefully. You know, someone who has your best interest at heart And often the best advice comes from someone who's walked that very same path ahead of you. I once saw a poster that said, stop asking people for directions who've never been where you are going. And you know, that really stuck with me. You see, good, godly, tried and tested advice is often best. In Job 42, Job prayed for his friends. And God accepted Job's prayer for them. And then Job's fortunes were restored. Job repented and forgave his friends before he knew how blessed he was about to become. It was Job's prayer that released that blessing. In Job 42 verse 12 it said, The Lord blessed the latter days of Job more than the former. And what I see here is that after repentance and forgiveness came blessings. Job had heard great things about God, but after his face-to-face encounter with God, he realized that he had been quite arrogant and quite sinful. God had called Job a righteous man, but when Job actually saw the living God, he could only think about repentance. You see, knowing God by hearing about him is totally different to knowing God here in our hearts. When we feel tried and tested, let's not run away from God Keep talking to him. Stay close to him. I saw a post online that said, being a Christian doesn't change what you deal with. It changes how you deal with it. And, you know, it gives me confidence when I look at how God has worked in the lives of others, including Job, how he's worked in my own life to date, that I can wholeheartedly trust him regardless of my situation. When we are tried and tested, He is the one whose ways are tried and tested. He never lets us down. The same God that worked in Job's life or the life of Moses, Paul, Corrie ten Boom, and all those testimonies of the people that have shared on this platform is the same God who loves and cares for you and who can and will work in your life if you draw close to him and ask him and let him take control. And as the band comes, I just was really intentional today about asking the band to close with the song Same God by Elevation Worship. And the writer of the song said that it was written based on the verse in Malachi chapter 3 verse 6 and it says, I the Lord do not change. And in an interview, the songwriter said, if you take a moment to look back over the details of your life and remember all that he has done, it can be overwhelming to try to count all the times and ways he has been faithful. When our church gets together and I see people declaring the bridge of this song, I am reminded that we all have a unique faith journey with God, no matter how old or new to the faith we may be. We too get to be part of a great cloud of witnesses throughout history who get to testify that the Lord keeps his covenant of love to a thousand generations. 
The same God who gave David courage to face Goliath stands with us today. The God that answers prayers and provided for his children back then is the same God we serve today. He is trustworthy. His track record proves it. I'm so grateful that we can have confidence that his love towards us will never run out or change. And then what they went on to say is what I want to put to you today. If you're feeling stuck in your faith, or you're experiencing any kind of doubt because you can't see or feel how God is moving right now, can I encourage you to hold on? Still your heart and remember, he's watching over every single detail of your life today. He cares enough for you to remain faithful to every single promise. God still wants to prove that he can work wonders and make a way for a miracle even when we don't see it. Whether you're in a place to believe it or you need to borrow some faith from the stories of old. I just love that. Let's borrow faith from stories of old. He's promised to remain the same. So as we worship, just to close today, I encourage you just to lean into those words of the song today. You know, call on the God of Job, call on the God of Moses, call on the God of David and many others and call on him to work in your situations today. You know, his ways are tried and tested. His ways never fail. So let's have that faith today. Let's stand firm. Amen. Thank you for listening. We hope you've been challenged and inspired. Please feel free to contact us through our website, foundchurch.co.uk, or you can also find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram.